Welcome back to the Baseball Blue Book Podcast. My name is Eric Wobinaw, the president of the Baseball Blue Book. Are you in the book? The most comprehensive directory since 1909 is now available for download on Google Play and Apple Store. You can also visit us at BaseballBlueBook.com for more information. So make sure you download it today. It costs nothing. It's great to build a profile, add highlights, add your stats for the summer season, uh, and search our comprehensive directory. Find the coach, the program that you are interested in. Before we begin, hit that like button, share, and subscribe. We want to make sure we reach other viewers just like you to get this out. Today's podcast is brought to you by Empowerment Sports Group, a full advisory and consulting firm with over 10 years of experience educating and helping athletes develop within baseball and life. ESG enables athletes to achieve achieve their version of success and positively impact their community. For more information, visit them at esgsportsgroup.com or on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Joseph Guzman and Michael McGinnis over there, great guys, helped a lot of players. I've had the privilege of having them on a couple podcasts with their players, so we're excited to have them as a sponsor. Today's guest is Charles Schultz with Edge of Greatness. Hey, Charles, how are you today? Hey, no problem. Uh, Boy, uh, we've been trying to get together uh, on this podcast for a little bit of time, and uh, we appreciate uh, you getting uh, jumping on with me. Hey, if you could sp- take a, a few seconds, uh, just doing a quick introduction, where you're from, uh, what you're doing. I, I know you got a couple books out there, uh, and then we'll jump right into the uh, to the podcast. Yeah, no. Um, so I, I live in the Columbus, Ohio area. I've been here 98% of my life, minus a few years off to college. Um, grew up playing all kinds of sports, whatever was in the season. Found myself falling in love with baseball probably because I like getting dirty. And, uh, you know, ever since uh, I got lucky enough to have some pretty incredible coaches, especially my high school coach, uh, he led me down a path that taught me how to work hard, taught me how to do things right. And I found myself lucky enough to play in college. And from there, I've taken those lessons and the skills I've learned, and I'm trying to pay them them forward, you know, so that the books are all kind of part of that and trying to share my knowledge, trying to, you know, give my expertise to those who are coming next. So maybe they can learn from some of the, uh, the mistakes that I made along the way. That's, that's great. Charles, what, what was really some of the motivating factors of, of actually writing a book? You know, a lot of people say, Hey, we, we, you know, I'd love to write a book. Was it about some the struggles or was it about the successes that you had? What was the most important thing that you wanted to come uh, get across in your book? So it's, it's an interesting thing. So what I found over time is there's a couple things that are interesting about this. So first is, when we're young, we're loud, but we don't know what we're saying. We make lots of noise, and we want to talk like we know what we're talking about. Then we get a little older, and we start to we start to learn some things, but we get quiet, and we stop telling people what we know. We start trying to absorb stuff. Yeah. And then we start to feel like, okay, I might know some things, but I'm going to be selective on when I insert myself. And then eventually you get to a point where you've had some experiences, you've learned some things, and you feel like it's time to share. And that's kind of where I got to as I've I've absorbed all of these things. I've, I've gotten to this point where I feel like my knowledge is at a point where I can actually provide value. Mm-hmm. And so my, my book is about giving back from the lessons that I've learned. And there are good and bad. And I think that's the, the key thing to take away from this is that life isn't all good. Life isn't all bad. There's going to be ups and downs. And if you can learn the skills that those who achieve excellence do better than us, 
then we can start to implement them ourselves and we have a better opportunity to find the greatness that we have within us. And that's kind of what led me to the book. That's kind of what led me to finally putting it out there. And, and ever since I've just been trying to share as much as I possibly can from the experiences that I've had. What, what has been the, the feedback that you've got that, um, that you really weren't expecting from re releasing this book? Cause uh, certainly when you, when you release a book, when you put yourself out there, you're going to get a lot of different feedback. What was some of the feedback that really surprised you? I've had some, um, some people that I look up to as professionals in the, in the sports world and the, in the, entrepreneurship world, uh, business world, who said they appreciated the way that I write and, and the simplicity of it and the, the action items. And I think that was pretty cool for me to validate that I'm on the right path. You know, I, I, I don't like to think that we're always looking for validation, but it's always nice when you get it yeah. because that, that feedback gives me a little bit more to keep pushing, a little bit more to, to, to go that extra step because you know, to improve at anything, you have to get outside your comfort zone. And so putting something out there does that. And so when you get that, that feedback back that, Hey, keep putting yourself in that uncomfortable space, it makes it easier to go out on that edge and, and keep living in that uncomfortable land. So, um, that was the big thing for me is I, I don't really care about the book sales. I don't really care about, you know, it's just, can I help one person? Can I make a difference in one person's life? Can somebody get one nugget out of the 15 or 16 chapters take and, and, and apply it to themselves. And it seemed to, it seemed to have done that so far. So everyone has, you know, I haven't gotten any negative hate mail yet. So that's a, that's a positive. And, you know, so at this point I'm just going to keep doing what I do. Tough to, tough to, to think that people would put negative on a, such a motivational, good, you know, good kind of a feel good book and, and, and challenging people that, but, but that's funny. Um, so, so be great. It's the life um, in the dirt, kind of your, your experiences of that. Uh, prior to the getting on here, we talked about you uh, kind of expanding beyond just baseball and, and kind of going across the board of, of, of other sports. What, what are some of the things that are, that are really uh, more common across the spectrum? And then also, what are some things that maybe are a little bit more unique specifically to baseball that maybe you're only talking to the baseball people? Maybe you're not just only talking to baseball people. So, so what I've found about greatness and about excellence is that it is universally the same no matter what field you're in. If you want to be great at something, you're going to have to do the little daily efforts. You're going to have to overcome adversity. You're going to have to stay curious. You're going to have to ask questions and dig deeper than you would to the person next to you. You're going to have to go out on that edge that I was just talking about and be uncomfortable. Um, you can't do it alone. Everybody needs a teammate. Everybody needs a community. Everybody needs some kind yeah. of support. And, what I've found is that if, if you look at the greats in all of these realms, whether it's music, art, sports, business, they have a lot of the same characteristics. They have a lot of the same traits. They just apply them in different areas. Um, the one thing that I do, I can say though, from a baseball perspective that I think helps people understand this idea that greatness is a skill that we can learn and develop our greatness is that baseball is such a failure driven sport that you're going to find the skills to overcome adversity, they come a little easier. The the compound effort stuff, the daily effort things, I feel like baseball players get that more because 
you can work off a tee for an hour and a half on one single thing. Right. Where in football, you probably don't have that same necessary attention to detail on a, on a thing. Now I'm not saying they don't get into those like tiny details, yeah. but baseball is all about the tiny details. It's all about one little tweak. Yeah. You know, I guess maybe the only other thing that might come close is goal. Yeah. Cause it's, they're so technical in the swing, yep. but you get some other things with that. So that's kind of what I've found is when you look at the skills of greatness, if you can get good at them, no matter what you choose to go after, you can become great at it. I, no, I think that's great. It, this is, it, there's a lot of similarities um, from a sports perspective and, 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 you know, kind of that bridge into the professional world, um, building a business, writing a book, um, even having the conversation that we just had with, with getting feedback from other people, um, always putting yourself on that edge of greatness. And I think that's really a great place to be because if you're not there, you're not going to ever get any be any better, right? If you kind of pull back into your comfort level, you never have that opportunity to take that next step. Um, I think I think that's awesome. So I know we talk, I know this is a baseball program, and and people that were listening to this is more baseball, but go into a little bit more of beyond just sports. Um, some practical things that these kids, because one of the things that I talk to a lot of coaches about is is finding. Uh, the opportunity to teach these kids mindfulness and things outside of the game of, of baseball, right? It's, it's 24 seven baseball for these guys, but that's not life. What are some of the things that you're doing or what you've written about that helps people kind of put things more in perspective of what is being great is not just being a great baseball player. Being great is being a great man, right? So how do you differentiate between those two things? So, I don't look at greatness as accolades and awards and wins. That's a big thing. That's step one is greatness is, in my opinion, a skill. And it's a skill that we can get better at and learn and develop over time. And just like any skill, when you start to learn it, you're going to do poorly at it. You're going to mess things up. But over time, you learn the little things that make it easier to get better habits. You can have more daily efforts. You can overcome adversity. You can you know, take on the daily challenges that are necessary, live on the edge and those types of things. And so for me, when you look at the term greatness, it's not, it's not where you end up. Yeah. It's the journey and process to get there. Yeah. And so that's the big step one for me. And then from there, it's leaning into learning those skills. You know, can you get better at making your habits positive ones? Can you get better at setting stretch goals? Can you get better at overcoming the adversities and your positive self-talk? Can you get better at exercising, learning, curiosity? All of those things play into where you end up. And you can be a great baseball player and fail when baseball ends yeah. because you didn't learn why you were a great baseball player, how you became a great baseball player. And I think that's something that easily gets lost because we're, we're so caught up in wins. We're so caught up in trophies. We're so caught up in where do I rank in PBR and all these other different things, you know, like where's my stars if I'm a football player. None of that matters when that's all over, yeah. right? But the lessons you learn from sports, the things you gain from being a good teammate, those 
those go beyond those last forever because at the end of the day what seven percent of all high school athletes play in college across all right yep one percent of that yep goes on to play pro yep and you might get two or three years in the pros so at the end of the day you're 26 maybe that's a lot of time to suck at stuff yeah like, well, and, and you could be one of the best players ever and still not make it. Right. Because there's a lot of other things that go into that. So <laughs> if you're not taking time yeah. to understand how and why you became great, yep. then you're wasting the opportunities that you're being given. Because being good at sports is an opportunity to learn how to be great at life. And that's what I've always thought. And I wanted to play pro. It didn't happen. And I've seen a lot of my friends who wanted to play pro and it didn't happen. And half of them figured out how to apply what they've learned from school and sports and things like that. And half of them didn't. Yeah. And it's sad when you look at some of the, the places and things that happen. And I, I feel like we, we need to do better as coaches to make sure that we understand, like, look, I want to win as a coach. Great. But I want you to win at life, too. And that matters more. And, and those pieces coming together, I think, make a, a huge impact. And that's how you get your greatness level. I, I think it's great. Couple, couple things. One, one, a comment. Um, I think one, one of the things that we, we talk to people like you a lot more now, because it, it, one of the questions I've always asked is why are we talking about this so much? Why are we talking mindfulness? Why are we talking about greatness? Why are we talking about things that are kind of not part of the typical baseball coaches, you know, they're, 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 you know, their tools that they have. We're not talking about the swing. We're not talking about the throwing. We're not talking about whatever. We're talking about this a lot more. And one of the things I, I kind of came to a, a con conclusion, and you let me know if, if you think the same. We're spending a lot more time with these coaches than we were previously. Baseball is a 24-7 thing. Kids are, are expected to be in at the training facility, film, practice, scrimmage, all of these things at all these times. And I think that they need to be getting it. And one of the things coaches are needing to understand is how to talk to their players like this. What do you, is that something that you see, or do you think it's just because we're getting more mindful of what's most important and what makes people great in, in, in sports? So I, I do think that's an interesting question. I think the reason why, the the mindfulness and the greatness conversations have become more prevalent is this this growing realization that not everyone's going to play in college not everyone's going to be a pro athlete and the good coaches the ones who truly are in it to make an impact want to find a way to make that impact any way they can and so yeah. you build that relationship you create that that community that feel of being a part of a family and if you are that and you build that, then you want your family to succeed, not just on the field, but off. And so those conversations start to matter more because, again, while they're in high school, while they're working to build this great team and to get to this high level, they're working really hard. At some point, they will transition away from that. And, the, and as a coach, for me, what I've always said is, will they come back and ask my advice when I, they're no longer an athlete? Right. Because that's what I want. I want to be your coach forever. And I have a kid who's, who plays football in college, doesn't play baseball. And he still calls me coach. That's awesome. I, I, I only coached him for two years in baseball. 
he still calls me coach. And those things, in my opinion, I think is what's pushing some of these conversations and these coaches to understand, like, look, one, if we get good at these things and we understand these things, my team gets better. If we get good at these things and we explain them well, my kids are prepared to be successful after their sports are done. Do you think that the push is coming from the players that are asking for it, or is it the coaches that feel more responsibility in having to drive this to the, or, or teach this to the kids? I think there's probably a little bit of both. I think, I think there's some coaches out there that are actively seeking new ways to inspire and teach their kids. And I think there's a lot of kids now with the internet and the access to different things that are saying, Hey, this is pretty cool. This guy does this. I want to do that. Yeah. You know, when you see someone who like Albert Pujols, who's been in the game for a long time and he talks about his mental routine before right. each at bat, each game after the at bat. And you're like, well, there's a reason why he's playing this long. Maybe I should do some of these things. Right. You know, you don't hit what? 697 home runs <laughs> yeah. by being mediocre with your mental game. True. Like true. Cause you know, there's a, there's an interesting thing that I've, I've, I've come to discover is that the really good power hitters also fail a lot. They also strike out a lot. And if they let those negative moments impact their next moment, they wouldn't be very good power hitters. Right. And so we, we got obsessed for a little while with this, this power stuff and, and launch angles and all these other things. And I don't really want to get into that because that's not really my world to talk on to. But the mental side of baseball the, if you can master your mind, I don't care what kind of swing you can ha you have because you'll find barrels. Right. And then you also won't suck when a bad thing happens. Right. And that's the hardest thing because it challenges you every single day, every single pitch, every single moment to stay present and not think about the last pitch, not think about the next pitch, but live where your feet are. And the mental part of it, and the understanding of how to control your mind allows for you to do that at a much higher level. And, and I think that is the crucial piece is not only for sports, but like in life afterwards is, can you be present? Can you show up and be where you're needed to be at the time you're supposed to be there? Uh, yeah. And, and to the point that you can even go and live on that edge so that you can constantly try to achieve more than what you thought you can, can achieve. Right. I, I, one of the things that, what I've done in my life, and and um, you know, I, I I'm I'm a quarter through your book, so I should have finished the whole thing before I before we had had you on. But what I love about it is it's getting to that that mindfulness and that presence and being being aware of where you're at, because it sets you up for the ability to push yourself to that next level. If you aren't able to handle where you're at, you are going to fail if you step over there, right? It's, it's like having balance at the edge of, of a mountain. You better have balance before you get to the edge. <laughs> right. Or right. You're, it's going to be, it's going to be a bad thing. So anyway, I, I love that. Um, uh, what, 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 what's in, what's your plans going forward? Is there another book in, in involved? Uh, are you doing, I know you're doing a, you did a virtual uh, group just earlier this month, right? That you had a bunch of people yeah. on. How did that go? And what, what was that all about? So first, I do have another book. It's, um, it's called Master of the Sea. It'll be out hopefully before the end of the year. I just finished up the, the last of the edits, and so I'm putting together the, the cover and all the other details of it. And it's a, uh, it's a short story. It's kind of like a, a John Gordon-style book okay. where it's 
Just a quick little short story about a young man. He's a baseball player. He had success early in his career, and now he's battling the idea that he's good enough and he doesn't have to work hard anymore. And so he goes to live with his uncle, and his uncle teaches him how we all live in a sea of possibilities, but the ones who find where they want to go learn to navigate the seas. And so he teaches him life lessons on his little boat while he's doing this summer stuff, and it teaches him how to get to where he wants to go. And so that's kind of that. Um, okay. The summit was great. Uh, I had 16 uh, incredible speakers that decided to uh, partake in the first one with me, and uh, I've received really good feedback. It, it was it was incredible. Um, I, I'm really honored to have the, the people who decided to join me uh, be a part of that event because I feel like that just says a lot about where what I'm doing is the right thing because people don't f volunteer their time. Yeah to be a part of an event they don't believe in. Right. And, and I th think that was a really cool thing for me um, to have former pro baseball players, college baseball coaches, yep. uh, authors, speakers, and mental performance coaches all come and say, yeah, let me, let me help. I want to be a part of this. And, and that was pretty, pretty cool. Uh, was that the first one that you, you've ever done or? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. That was the first one I've ever done. Okay. So um, I might've gone a little above and beyond because my, my whole thing has always been if, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to go full throttle and give it everything I've got. So I've made individual pages for each of the speakers. I put out uh, daily emails with introducing each speaker so you could get to know them. And um, it, it was definitely hours and hours of time to put into it. But, you know, I've always been that way ever since I played baseball. Is I was, you know, I, I'm a big believer first to show up, last to leave. Um, you, and, you, 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 live, you live what you preach, right? I try my best, you know, uh, it, the hard thing is this, is that I'm still human uh, as much as I don't want to be, yeah. and, but I'd love to be a robot and be able to put in the work all the time. But, you know, that's the fun part about it is, is challenging yourself every day, trying to push what you're capable of, trying to overcome obstacles when they arise and just staying positive through the difficulties. And, and, and for me, that's, why I do this. That's why I try to learn these things. That's why I, I get involved with the teams that I do. And it, it's been a lot of fun to not only see how my teams have grown, but also to see how much I've grown and how much I've learned two years of just kind of really digging into this, uh, this great okay. stuff. Um, no, I think, I think that's uh, great. So you got, uh, you got a book coming out this, the, uh, by the end of the year. Uh, I think that's, that's awesome. Um, the symposium was, was great. It's good to see somebody really take kind of the, the reins in that world. One of the things I'm noticing is there's a lot of you out there, a lot of kind of people that have a little bit of, or an idea of what they want to do from this mindfulness or being great, or, you know, this, this other side of the game. Um, but there's not somebody that's really kind of taking over and, and taking a look at how, how to organize that. So I, I commend you in that. Uh, I encourage you to continue to do that. We'll get them all in the baseball blue book and we'll be able to promote you guys. And uh, we'll, we'll hopefully uh, provide you guys a platform to, to reach as many as at least from the baseball side uh, as we possibly can. Uh, well, that's great. Hey, any, any, as we wrap up here, I know that your, your time is tight and I really appreciate uh, you giving me a, a half an hour of your time. Uh, any, anything else that you'd like to, to say as we, as we wrap out also, I, I love to ask for shout outs, anybody that you'd like to just say thanks and, and appreciate uh, what they've done in my life. Yeah, no. Um, so the biggest thing is this is, is, is keep pushing what you're capable of every single day. 
be comfortable getting uncomfortable. I'm sure that's a that's an overused statement, but it's a true one. You know, the more we can live on that edge of our comfort zone, the more we grow, the more we continue to evolve. And and don't get stuck being comfortable. Find your through it all. And and one of the big things I've really been trying to play around with for everyone out there who's who's trying to achieve something special, at some point, don't be afraid to draw your own map. Don't be afraid to step away from what everyone else has done and do it your way. Because if you look at the greats, at some point, they do something that everyone else does now, but they were the first. Yeah. You know, Michael Jordan was the first to start strength training. Kobe Bryant loved the 3 a.m. workouts. Yep. I'm sure there's some other stuff. You know, those are the first two that popped to mind because they're just simple and easy. But if you look at the greats, I guarantee they did something that now is common because they drew their map and now everyone's following it. So don't be afraid to draw your own map. Um, but as far as thanks, you know, I, I wouldn't be who I was without my, my high school baseball coach, Stephen Gussler. I wouldn't be who I was without my parents um, and, and leading me where I am and, and guiding me and giving me the support that I have. And um, I'm also super thankful to have a, an incredible uh, loving wife and, and two very healthy young children and a third on the way that, that makes this worthwhile to continue to get better at these things because – you know, me getting better helps them get better. And that's kind of what my life's all about now is how, how good can I get those around me to become? You know, um, the kids, if you can be a great dad, you can be a great anything. Um, and I, I say that all the time. I've, I've done this twice. Um, I have two daughters that are both um, in their, in their mid twenties and we just adopted two boys. Um, my youngest is three. Um, so I'm doing it all over again. And it's, it's really the focus. The focus is how can I be the best dad that I possibly can be um, with all the learned experiences and it makes you a better person. Um, but yeah, congratulations on that third one that's coming. Uh, this is exciting. Oh, I'll tell you what, anybody, you guys read the book. These guys, uh, Charles is a great writer uh, that absolutely is right. It's easy reading, uh, simple concepts. Um, excited to have him on the program and looking forward to, to having you back, Charles. Uh, hopefully uh, beginning of the year uh, when the new book is released. We'd love to talk to you about that as well. Oh, absolutely. I'd be honored. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Thanks for watching, guys. Make sure you like, comment, and share this video. And please subscribe to the Baseball Blue Book podcast for additional uh, videos and uh, new episodes coming your way uh, every week. Thanks.